Now we're recording. All right, we just watched the uh, commercial. We watched uh, the McConaughey, one of the McConaughey Lincoln commercials to show Jeff because he hadn't seen it before, and then the Community parody, which was not the only parody of, the, of that, but still, it wasn't parodying only McConaughey. It was parodying any Cadillac commercial, right, any. Yeah. And, and it was any, also any internal monologue commercial. Well, he, that's it on its on its on its most distilled level. It was parroting the internal monologue. Yeah, yeah. Because you're watching this video, it's great because you're watching this video, and you think it's Abed's internal monologue, but it's actually playing on the car speakers, and Dean can hear <laughs> yeah. what what you think only Abed is thinking. It's awesome. Yeah, it's Watch really it. funny. All right, so we have to go into Amazon Anonymous, don't we? Sure. We have to. We had a hell of a quarter. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks, everybody. It was great. You guys have, have been awesome, and uh, we hope you continue to be awesome, because uh, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> it, it costs you nothing extra to be yeah. cool. What happened, man? You used to be cool. <laughs> you guys still are cool. You're cool. All right. Well, it's cool until tax time. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> there goes like 30% of what we made right there. Boom. I mean, but we're being legal about it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the kind of thing. We tried to, because we, we can't be, if, if we, we had a separate corporation for a while, right? We had a, yeah, we had an LLC set up for Craft Beer Radio. Right. Because I read this article about like how you can write off your hobby and uh-huh. all this stuff, and I started, so I tried to do that, and you know it's just, it's too much paperwork, hmm. and then like the specter of audit was hovering over me, and and what I'm like fuck this, yeah, so so we just pay straight up taxes on this thing, and it's the if you want a little bit of inside baseball, the Amazon income gets put on against my income and the last couple of years the saver income goes against greg right and we kind of just split it that way and uh that that works because i i do make less than jeff uh, but jeff has more write-offs than i do it, it's you yeah. know it's a yeah so. i don't make that much i mean i make less than jeff but i don't make you know i don't make shit <laughs> No, I, I, I hear you. It's uh, like the one year you were unemployed, yeah. and we so we that's when we started giving you the saver, right? right? Because that was, you know, the tax burden was very low at that point. Okay, earnings report. Let's do how many weeks has it been since we've done this thing? Uh, it's probably been at least like three weeks. Okay, at least I know it's been at least two. So hmm. we'll do April to April third to March. Normally we do do this off the air, but oh well, you know. So we're picking out, looking through. There's lots. I of can things. pause if you would like. That's okay. What this is a book? Huh. Oh, okay. Interesting. Neil Gaiman book. Never heard of that title. Neil Gaiman is a uh, sci-fi writer. He's uh, mm-hmm. well liked. Won the Hugo a couple times, I believe. Does he do the uh, Ring World? Or no, no, that's Niven. Niven. Okay, I've heard his name. I was trying to. Yeah, he did. Um, 
American Gods and uh, the uh, what's it the, the okay so this isn't my pick but someone's being an asshole someone bought the Jelly Belly Bean Boozled Jelly Beans which are the 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 awful tasting jelly beans <laughs> sure. that look just like the regular jelly beans. Apparently, it's a game. There's a spinner wheel game for it. So, actually, that, that, that's sort of like Harry Potterish, right? There was that scene in Harry yeah, Potter yeah. where they. Uh, they actually, I think off. I think Jelly Belly made a Harry Potter edition. I think someone bought that a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. So there's a spinner wheel game, and uh, yeah, so they make you know pencil shavings. The bean looks just like popcorn. And you know you're gonna bite one, and one's gonna taste like pencil shavings, and one's gonna taste like popcorn. Seven dollars seventy two cents for this spinner game. Maybe that will be my pick, but I, I reserve the option to pick okay. a second item. I'm picking a book that somebody bought a a uh, book a book a book a they they bought it on the Kindle. My dad is a superhero. The Kindle edition for only ninety nine cents. It is uh, looks looks like a little uh, you know a thing for kids. It's like thirty pages or something. Um, my dad is well. The thing is that everyone's dad, when you're that age, is a superhero. But this is like a more legitimate superhero. This this guy can fly and stuff, apparently, because he's flying next to a plane. See, nice. So many items in the last month. I don't know what to pick for my official one. You're, I thought you already picked. No, that was my... I reserved the right to pick something else. Um, ooh, so, how about the Wedget Ultimate Doorstop? Black. Look at this right. high-tech, crazy-ass doorstop here. It's like super... Huh. Oh, that's kind of like... I've seen those things that... Yeah, they, they, they prevent a door from opening because they, they really do, like... Mm-hmm. Get in the... All yeah. right, so this... World's most versatile, portable, temporary doorstop... Strong enough to hold open the largest of doors, allows personal or products to be personnel or products move in and out without door closing or hitting. Holds doors open to ninety degrees from any of three locations. Wow! <laughs> it's so it's a wedge. It's it's like a doorstop wedge, right. but it's not just wedge shaped. It has. All kinds of notches and grooves cut out of it to make it look fancy. And uh, has four stars with 153 customer reviews. I do have to read a review. I'm sorry, Greg. <laughs> oh, here's some questions. Will this work to keep an exterior... exterior sorry, I can't read tonight. That's... Keep an exterior French door open so it cannot open or close in the wind. Answer, it works pretty well. It has to be kicked under the door, though pretty hard. I'll be honest. Can I be honest? There's a reason I don't like it when you read reviews. Because I can't read? It's because you're not good at spot. You can read. It's just you're not good at spot reading. Okay. You know, you're not yeah. as... You, know, you just... Okay. It's not that you can't read. You're plenty literate. <laughs> Believe me. But you just... You're, you're iffy at spot reading. So that's why I'm like... It, it's kind of disjointed. Real asshole tonight, you know that. Sorry, I'm honest. It's because you're fighting with your parents doesn't mean be a dick to me. I don't want to be a dick to you. It's not the best product, but it does work. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure if it will keep a door open in the wind, though. (laughs) Uh, Hey. 
Will this work on hardwood floors? The answer, yes. <laughs> it's not the best product, but you know. That was just an answer that wasn't a review. Someone yeah. who gave it five reviews. I'll pick a short one so I don't have to, you know, scratch my fingernails on the chalkboard for Greg for too long. Here's a short one. Five stars. Great for It doesn't cl- bug me. Great for cleaning crew. Better than advertised. Purchase these for use by cleaning crew. Crew no longer wastes time figuring out ways to hold open heavy wooden restroom doors. Cool. So I'm going to pick B is for Beer by Tim Robbins. It is a children's book about the, beer? The Tim Robbins? Tom Robbins. Oh, okay. But not... Is he the Tom Robbins? <laughs> but Tim Robbins is an actor. I know, yeah. But, uh, okay, like, so this is this is Tom Robbins. Okay. There's a picture here. That's not Tim Robbins. It's more like sex offender looking. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the, okay, uh, I'll, I'll do uh, just two reviews. Uh, the first review, W is for Whimsy. It's a five-star review from Nicole DeSesto. For Robin's fans waiting, yearning for the next great Robin's novel, this is not it. Sorry. It is, however, exactly what it professes to be, a children's book for grown-ups and a grown-up book for children, which is what I base this review on versus comparing it to other Robin's books. There is no comparison. The writing is definitely childlike in its tone. Gracie is practically six years old when she develops a curiosity about beer. As Robin's will do, he leads on, he leads on a dev- delightful, whimsical discovery about, yes, Beer. The book. This book is filled with Robin's humor, philosophy, and magical writing, etc., etc. But then the next beer, <laughs> the next beer, the next, <laughs> the next review, the very next review is one star. Seriously bad writing. <laughs> as to, as a Todd Robbins fan who has eagerly awaited each of his beer books, beers, man, I'm like. Your my bad reading is rubbing off on you. <laughs> terrible. Since he burst forth with another roadside attraction in 1971, I am sorely disappointed. B is for Beerus had as a children's book for grown-ups and a grown-up book for children. It is neither. At one point, I surmise that he had started a book commissioned by the beer industry for people who want to know how beer is made. As the book got more and more boring, I decided that he could never have been... His, <laughs> that can never have been his intent. Okay. You took the whole fucking thing. Oh, you want Bastard. some? No, here. <laughs> I thought you wanted the Sriracha. But there you go. Thank you. Mm, like, uh, there's another thing. There's that, a lot more to this yeah. review. Anything good? Uh, this morality tale is as flat as butter. If you are a contrarian reader who is powerfully addicted to his writing, go ahead, buy it person yeah one of one of these is posted with an agenda yeah this morality tale is as flat as a budweiser open and left in the seattle backyard for weeks to attract parched raccoons that don't know there are better ways to enjoy brewski that's an interesting (laughs) sentence (laughs) strange analogy (laughs) right there i mean i I like the i like the, the the creativity of okay, not only is it just an open beer, but it's an open beer in a particular place, and the, there's a reason behind it being for, an open for beer. weeks. Yeah, for, for weeks. weeks. But the and the reason is to attract park raccoons that 
are looking for beer. That are looking for beer because they, but they're not smart enough to know where to go for the beer. But because they're in Seattle, there should be craft beer in lots of backyards open for weeks. Right. And they go to the Budweiser. They go to the Budweiser. So it's a really dumb raccoon who doesn't know how to find craft beer in Seattle. That is a serious hit on this book. <laughs> Both of these reviews are from 2009. Yeah. Oh, this is it. Oh, wait. Someone. Oh, look, he updates. The dude. June 6, 2012. It's been three years since I wrote this review. Haven't changed my mind. <laughs> I've hoped the complaining. <laughs> it's a book. It's a, it's a fucking book. It's, it's not like. <laughs> I've hoped the complaining reviews from Tom's fans would encourage him to leap back into print with another gloriously wacky of his gloriously wacky novels why don't you read this since guess we'll have to wait longer i'm tired of rereading his earlier books i've even read all the books about his writing this one by him certainly isn't representative of his strange genius Was that really worth your time? Come back three years later and bash him again? Uh, I think every, all these guys are trying to become like Amazon star reviewers because mm. they get products sent to them. I bet. I bet that's part of it, right? Probably. There was a podcast on uh, Too Long Didn't Read, TLDR. And and they were uh, talking about how someone was a Yelp reviewer for art uh, exhibits. And same kind of thing, right? Like where he started out, got premier Yelp reviewer type thing, but, you know, decided not to re- renew his cred mm-hmm. type thing. It sounds like this, you know, where you, yeah. have, to, you have to be uh, constant in- incendiary yeah. as well. Yeah, Maybe not be, incendiary. Or interesting. Right and... Interesting. and, and, and Sometimes being incendiary is a good way to be interesting. It's a way to attract attention at the very least. It's not necessarily a way to be interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly a, a blogging tactic, right? If we've noticed this plenty of times where a, a tactic to draw clicks is to be incendiary even if it's not necessarily uh, reasonable for you to do so. Oh, yeah, yeah, these pay-per-click blogs. Yeah. Um, what's, the, what's the site? I, I'll know it if I hear it, but... Like, what's the site that had that last Buzzfeed, one? Salon? No, no, the uh, Thrillist. Thrillist, yeah. You know, every, I've decided, I decided about two months ago that I would never click on a Thrillist uh, link. You know, because they're always clickbait. They're mm-hmm. incendiary clickbait. And, yeah, I've skipped three or four stories that have been going around Twitter just because I've made this resolution not to click on that bullshit. Yeah. And, it reminds me, uh, Damien has has not been to Slashdot in like 10 years. He has he, he set up, I'm not doing it. And even though I say like it's very different now, it's not like... I almost never look. I mean, I, I, I have it in my Feedly. I'll read it on occasion. But I... It's... it's- it's really poor journalism. I mean, it's not it's not very good, but occasionally there's a link that comes along. It's interesting. It's one of those things I checked, but it's not a good site by any means. You know, it's one of, it's one of those first you know in the area, but it's not like whatever it just, happened to Dig. Well, what happened to Dig was Is was it still Reddit around? destroyed it, Is and it? then it was bought by uh, 
Some company. Maybe Forbes. I don't know. Is Dig still around? I, it's, it might be, but it's it's not. What the internet is Kevin talking Rose. about. Dig. What the internet is talking about right now. Let's see. Does it look like the Dig I know and love? No, it's really slow to load. And does not look like the Dig I know and love. It looks like some Yahoo property that's a piece of shit. Yeah. I hate the cars. Really? I really hate the cars. Why? I don't know. I just... Huh. Not for me. So, like, I didn't veto playing the cars, but, you know, part of me feels dirty for playing, like, choosing the cars, or letting you choose the cars for an intro music. I just don't like them. Don't like them. I'm not a, like, I'm not a ridiculous fan of them, but I... I mean, I think Just What I Need is a great song, and... I kind of, you know, appreciate them. But, alright, hey, alright. No, 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 I'm just, I, I don't know if it's rational, I just don't, like, them in Boston. They're kind of very Devo-like, the cars. Maybe I like the Devo part of them. Like, when I heard Shake It Up, I'm like, well, this isn't fingernails on a chalkboard, I can deal with this. But I think about other car songs. And just like, <laughs> don't like you. They're very kind of synthesizer heavy. So Ben Folds is coming to town. <laughs> he's playing a small venue. He's playing. No, the I don't. Car- I don't hate Ben Folds anymore. I I still hate that song, Brick. That he's playing the Carnegie Carnegie Music Hall in Homestead, and it's been on sale for about a month now. And I just discovered it. I'm like, oh sweet. And I talked to Heather. And I'm like, and I asked. Allie, like I was going to take Allison to the concert, her first concert. She played a couple of Ben Fold songs. She's like, oh, yeah, I like that. Fucking sold out. I got to get them off StubHub. It'd be like 100 bucks a ticket. So I'm kind of bummed. Don't spend the craft beer radio funds. No, no, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't spend the craft beer radio <laughs> no, funds. I know. Of course you're it's the, uh, it's the, it's, it's turning everything into a market. You know, it's kind of bullshit where, you know, these tickets, there's not very many of them. They sold out mm-hmm. probably pretty quickly. And there's 80 of them up on StubHub. I thought that's what libertarians wanted. Everything does a market. Maybe it is what libertarians want. You know, I was I was kind of, you know, taking Allie and I would have been 45 bucks a ticket. It would have been 90 bucks to go to this concert. That was the top end of my price range. 200 bucks to go to the concert is not in my price range. So I'm, I'm bummed because I like Ben Folds and this is going to be him solo on a piano. It's going to be a pretty sweet show. That doesn't sound good to me. It does if you've seen Ben Folds perform. I have seen Ben Folds. Well, well I haven't seen him live, but well, I've seen he, stuff uh, of his performing. and him, He rocks a piano. But it's not... He picks up the piano and drops it, you know, to like, <laughs> to like for like like the bass and like 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 he does. It's not just like ding 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 ding. Like, it's like performance, you know. Like, sure, I just I, I'm I'm not I I guess you know it, it, it's been revealed plenty of times I'm not a music mm-hmm. guy. Uh, it's funny because Nick actually Nick took me out to to a bar last night that he. Um, well, took me out is, is one way to put it. I paid the, the bar bill. <laughs> I make a lot more than he does, so it makes sense. But, um, and, you know, it was the first time I listened to him play, and I was like, you know, I, 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 I think you're very good. Uh, he, he's, he's really good. I mean, he's, you know, 
classically trained and going for his masters. He's mm-hmm. obviously very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was though interesting because you know not, not being a music guy, uh, I was turning it into all right. What, what can I what can I analyze about this? that's interesting to me, and um, listening to so th- 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 there was a there's a band that started off and they were more kind of uh poppy modern stuff and so it was the four chord progression stuff you know the standard pop progression and then when he got in there it turned into they were playing blues stuff and it was really interesting the transition from that four chord thing to very beat based boom boom okay. boom boom it was it's obvious how like hip hop descended from blues because blues is just you know it's not it's just, it's two chords you know it's dun, 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 but mm-hmm. it's bump 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 it's very beat based so i was listening to that and, and then listening to to nick kind of as he's doing his solo and stuff like that, he's playing it's it's all in the same chord but then he's playing like the fifth and the seventh notes and stuff like that just getting you know he's working uh, within this, uh, essentially, what what I realized is that it's a harmonic oscillation. It, it's it, it, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it, it's bound by a by a bass line and it's moving up and down mm-hmm. across that oscillation. And so it's like that's it. It was very. It was like it was like okay. I I'm seeing physics in this music. I'm, okay. I'm seeing this thing being uh, just an. Uh, you know, a typical Taylor series, typical harmonic oscillator, and it was it was fun to see that, just to be like to to link those things. And it, it, of course, music is very mathematical when you get down to it, but to to do to have the visceral reaction right. was really cool. Speaking of physics and you know things like that, you know, I don't want to hijack the conversation too much, but I was looking up clock reactions, chemical clock reactions, chemical chemical clock. Reactions. So they are. These are the ones where you have like two clear liquids and you mix them together and they'll all of a sudden like turn. turn oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Type thing. I'm like, that'd be awesome for the kids. So I was looking into seeing if like what kind of do at home mm. chemical clock reactions there are. Uh, I don't have like the ingredients yet. You know, it seems like it's about five ingredients. Most of them are cleaning supplies, yeah. things like that. I'll probably put that together, you know, and mix them together. But I was watching a demonstration on YouTube and the dude had them all, right? First one. Two clear liquids, pouring them back and forth, and it turned into iodine. Just turned purple, like dark, dark purple right away. But then there was ones that turned orange and then black, and then there was one. You know, they do called clock clock reactions because they oscillate. Yeah, they have a period of time, so it's going to be orange for a certain period of time, and it's going to turn black based on the volume. And then a few others, ones that turned red and whatnot, but. It's uh the really interesting things are the ones that go fast, right? They they they're one color and then all of a sudden they go. Well, yeah, like, yeah. If you if you look these up, like the iodine one, I'm not sure which the two the two uh, solutions are, but you have two completely clear liquids, and they're proportioned out about two thirds, one third, or something like that. And if you pour the big one into the small one, right about the time it gets empty, it goes from completely clear and in within like. Probably less than a quarter second, probably more like a tenth of a second. It just turns like iodine, opaque, dark purple. Mm-hmm. It's like clear, and it's like you almost hear like go like, you know, and just vudump and change. It's pretty cool. There, yeah, it's very cool that stuff. Um, yeah, 
I don't really have much to add to that. It's it's chemistry. It's not a, a field that I've that I'm really uh, knowledgeable about to the same level I am. About I mean, there's a lot of chemical reactions, right? But this yeah. one is one that just happens in an instant, and it's visually stunning. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, for elementary kids, that's 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 the kind of sure, yeah, stuff that, that that jumps out and you yeah. know jumps out at you. Yeah, one clear thing into another clear thing turning a color. That's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. How does that work? That's magical. Right. And yeah. turning almost black. Yeah. yeah. It's like, whoa. I just sent you a link since I can't pipe music into the recording. But apparently THX just changed their uh, their sound. Really? It, it, email. I replied to the, to the, um, the show notes you just sent me. Okay. All right. Here's the original. I don't remember it taking so long. Everyone knows that sound, yeah. sure. That's the twenty. That's twenty-seven seconds. That one. So I don't remember it lasting so long either. Here's a new rule. Did you notice how it has more stereo play? Yes. It, go, it starts from the left, goes right, goes left, and then goes center. Well, also, I mean, it's, it has, it's more dynamic because it, it, it doesn't just feel like, okay, there's a tone that's rising to something and then it's spreading. But it's, it's, it's yeah, it's definitely... Yeah, I mean, this one started out left, went right, left, and center as, as it grew. And then it was just fuller, too. It was yeah. a little bit higher pitched. You know, this is kind of... I mean, it's a small change and a lot of people won't notice it. But it's like the Yahoo logo change, right? Yeah. The, the, the Yahoo logo change was very distinct, but you know, it definitely updated and modernized the Yahoo logo. I gotta go to the bathroom, but uh, there's more to talk about. <clears throat> All right, we're back. What? Here it is again. Left. I wonder if people will notice, you know, now that I'm looking for it, it's a little bit flatter right before the crescendo. It sounds a little bit flatter. It was a little bit more major before the crescendo. I think that's And then, you know, the the left-right stereo is definitely more apparent than the old version. Yeah, but will people notice? I don't know. It's one of those things where if you're not, if, 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 if your attention is not called to it, People have heard that THX sound in you know movie studio or movie theaters for twenty years. Not now. very often. I mean, how often do you actually hear? Or maybe that now? you don't. Mostly it's on DVDs, I guess. Yeah, huh? and even then, yeah. So what I find interesting is ESPN has gone flat. They have gone into the flat style of uh, of website. Mm-hmm. The you know sort of the. Um, 
the Gawker Media stuff, all those uh, styles. So there's no longer like links on the side. It's more of a constantly moving thing. You can just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I I under I'm kind of of two minds of of, of this web design. I understand it as a as a sort of modern thing and as the, the way what is going. I feel some nostalgia for the older way. It was slightly easier to navigate. I felt for what's things old, you were looking for. What's, okay, describe the older way. Well, it was just like there were. It it, it seemed less scatter shot. It seemed like there was more concentration of, of things. More editorial control or I mean, it wasn't necessarily more, editorial more control but organization, I guess. Yeah, more organization. This seems like the uh the placement of things, and I think it, I think it is at least pseudo random in terms of, you know, So do you think they are. update more frequently with current events type I mean is that what the, I mean right now it's March Madness, so it's yeah. kinda of hard to judge what yeah. it would look like. But do you think it's less um Less curated and more time based is that is that what you're saying or I, I I think that like in in the past it would have been easier to if you had a particular I mean columnist so, you liked it would have been easier to immediately go to that columnist oh, or something okay. like that but yeah. now it's more like all the stuff is spread out and okay. you're just going to see headlines and you're going to click on them and. That's going to be you, your your major attention is going to be focused on the headlines as opposed to who it is that's writing it or right. or, or whether it's like okay. a, a, a a particular feature that you know of. So I don't know. It, it no, both I, of them have merit. I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, for me, it's hard to relate, right? Because I probably have never gone to ESPN to okay to find news uh, ever. Never. Okay. I mean, I might have followed a link. To a specific thing, there. Yeah, like how CNN has changed. It, it's you know it's style to be flat too. Um, well, I mean, it's definitely a definitely a uh, trend in yeah. you know, mid of teens uh, web design for sure. Yeah, and so I mean that'd be cool to see someone put together like a time lapse of like like CNN dot com from like ninety four to oh yeah oh well, well, cool we can do it. we can we can archive it right archive but like if someone put together a time lapse and did the hard work for us <laughs> you know where you just so, kind of, for those who don't know if you go to archive dot org that's the web archive and um, you can find the stuff so if I go to CNN dot com you can take a look at how websites looked in the Wayback Machine. Way, you know, a long time ago. So let's go to 2001. Uh, so, uh, for a little bit. So here's CNN.com in 2001. Not altogether hugely different from what it was, from what I remember, uh, less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it, it's It's... Very, um, uh, the, the the style is, um, I don't turn know. it back a little bit. Yeah, it's it's very uh, three column. I mean, it's three column. Yeah, it is uh, menu, main story. The picture is so small. This is what 800 pixels, it's a 800 pixel website. Right, yeah, yeah. So, like, you can barely see anything on the site. 
the the right column is bigger than the middle column, which is kind of weird for two thousand one. Uh, which has you know other stories. So we'll go to like two thousand seven. So we'll jump ahead six years and see what the design looked like then. This is from March twentieth, and I think you might have to click one. Oh no, it's coming up. Okay, so we have top level navigation because of side level navigation that was different. Uh, so it has yeah it has uh, well it has above the fold. This one has yeah. above the fold, right? So you have main picture, top articles, and then you have a three column underneath that. So they put a they put a uh, kind of a focus feature above the three right. column, but it's still the three column. Everything else is the same, other than the focus feature. Right. So let's jump to twenty thirteen, and let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at November twentieth, twenty thirteen. But, you know, we're doing spot checks. It'd be nice if someone could kind of, like, do a time lapse, which would show them the major design changes. So here there's more branding. There's more of the color branding of CNN. Uh, there's a big... Is this a... This is a day of a big news headline, too, right? Because it's kind of... Well, I don't know. That, that's what... They, they always do that. But, I mean, it's it's stealing... I mean, do they all... Well, they don't always do that. They didn't do that in 2007. They weren't stealing 90% of the page with one headline. They might have if it were breaking news. So let's see if this is uh, any difference. I went to a November eighth, I think. Um, I guess that's what they do. Yeah, that's I what mean, they do. They pick the story of the day. Can Obama come back? And it's taking up ninety percent of what you can see. There's some nonsense ad uh, advertisement, but you know, internal ad. Yeah. Like you know, check out our forensic files. <laughs> And then, like, below the fold is seriously below the fold. You barely can see the stuff below right. that. And then you look at the modern CNN. There's way too much space wasted in the header above the headlines. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot there's, of space. There's a primary menu. There is a secondary menu. There is, like, offshoot menus. There, Look how much space is wasted on menus. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's a very good point. So then we go to CNN.com and we take a look at how it is now. And there's much, it's still top level menu, but there's, yeah, much level, less space being taken up by the menu. Uh, immediate story. Again, giant photo. Giant photo, big story right in front, right? That, that, that's similar to how they practice it, you know, in mm-hmm. 2013. And then it's top stories on the side, but then, uh, uh, the below the fold, seriously below the fold again. Yeah. The below the fold is here, but then it's, it's, it's a constant, Scroll and you can just keep scrolling. Actually, this one is not a constant scroll. This one goes down to then um, a sitemap at the bottom. So, I don't know. I think there's an app opportunity to take archive.org and turn it into a time lapse because it's too hard to spot check. Mm. It'd be difficult to. F- to notice the significance, you have to figure changes. out some sort of algorithm to to okay. You'd have to identify the yeah. yeah. You have to identify the significant changes. You'd have to make sure that your time lapse notice like displays those. So it wouldn't be a straight up time lapse of of data. You know, one day equals one tenth of a second. You know that doesn't quite work. You'd have to pause on significant changes, things mm-hmm. like that. Be neat to you know, watch the web evolve that way, though. Yeah, it would, uh, definitely would be neat. But archive.org is a great way to, to to look at that, to look at old websites and see mm-hmm. what they were like. Let me think. What's a good What's a good one to look at? Good old website to look at. Fuck, I don't know. 
I was hoping that archive.org would have some of my old, my, like my first, what, my first homepage. Oh. So, oh, here's one for you. Homepage. That's, is that an antiquated term or is that still a relevant term? Uh, and what does it mean? Yeah, what does it mean? It's it's what is it, what it means is change. It's probably the term is not antiquated, but but the 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 usage of it has changed. So the reason this question came up is I was listening to Marketplace. It's a podcast I listen to. It's on APM. It's it's a radio you know radio show as well. And he and Kai, the host, was talking about something that he put. He they're talking about American Apparel, and he did this crazy interview with the CEO of American Apparel a couple of years ago. Guy was nutso, and like months later, he got you know displaced because he was nutso. And he's like, We put it on our, on our homepage, and that's what got me thinking. I'm like, Who says homepage anymore, and what does homepage mean? Because oh, his use of homepage seems antiquated to me. And I'm thinking, like, When did I stop having a homepage and start having a website? And what I came up with was I stopped having a home page when I stopped needing to curate my own index of the internet. Like, okay, back in ninety, like, but but that was more like ninety four, ninety five, ninety six. That was probably delicious, right? When that was around, when you could, uh, it wasn't even that far. Ninety four, ninety five, ninety six. I had notacom dot com slash tilde jbearer, and it was like. Nice. Found an old craft beer radio. Where that's crazy that the uh the Drupal theme was blue and not brown for that. That, that it caught that. Cuz I don't think it was blue for very long. Now going back to Uh that's Drupal 2. It's losing some of the formatting from yeah. the way Augustine didn't capture it. So, you know, I had a homepage on Nauticom, you know, and it was this thing with animated GIFs and sure, repeating backgrounds, sure. but it was kind of, it was, a, it, was it was like Yahoo directory, right? It was a, a directory of, I had top-level top topics and relevant sites, and it was kind of a directory for me to share it with people to find, and it was mostly local information, Pittsburgh-based information. And I don't know the exact moment where my homepage stopped being a directory. But when I think homepage, I think of directory. It's like, because like when your your browser's homepage, right, right, is a starting place. And there was a point in time in history where your starting place was something you curated because Yahoo and AltaVista and Lycos wasn't good enough for a starting point. So it was like you were you were making your own starting point. Yeah, but yeah, that that's I mean, for me, that's the de- that's what homepage de- is defined as, and I don't intend to mean that anyone else ever sees it that way. I'm curious, you know, if you wouldn't mind thinking about homepage versus website, and uh, the last time you've actually used the term homepage. Uh, only if I were talking about some where the browser pointed to when it opened up, not like not a page that you've developed for yourself. Okay, so 
the browser's homepage. Right. So Chrome's homepage being Google, does that count? Yes. So you would say, I've, I'm at my homepage, or I'm at the homepage, or, or is it already antiquated vernacular at that point? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have a good answer to that question. You don't seem as interested in this conversation. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking for... I, I had a site called Greg's World for a while, and obviously it, 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 it's changed uh, in, in, into different people. But I, I like had my resume up for a time, so I'm looking to see like when when I had it, and it, if it's on the Internet Wayback Machine is really what I'm trying to find. And uh, uh, not there... <laughs> I don't know when I had. I honestly, it was dot net, right? Gregsworld.net. I think it was. It, yeah, it may it may have been a dot net. You're right. It probably was a dot net. That would make more sense. I was having problems because it was like it was it was chugging on it. The the way back machine. Well, someone else has Gregsworld.net right now. I'm not surprised. I mean, it, it wasn't <laughs> like I. It's Greg's World is a platform game where size matters. To defend yourself, you absorb your enemies, but you can only do that if you are bigger than them, or else they absorb you. It sounds just like you, my friend. It sounds like you know, taking okay. over the world. Th- this is my site. This was the site that I put up. Mm-hmm. It was all CSS style, so that's not uh, showing up anymore. But uh, it was it was just basically I, I put some some stuff there. I. I linked to a blog. I don't think I actually ever put anything on a blog that was of any interesting note. No, I'm never having a blog. Really? I think so. I don't remember me having a blog. I mean, it was maybe not not CMS blog, but you had you're posting articles, posts type things for a little bit. I don't think I really was. I, so this is 2004 when I had it clearly because this is when I made a link farm of of, of stuff and like I linked to, uh, ugh. wow, these are really old links. Like CS Nation when I used to write road for, <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, I I wish they had some of my um, nautilcom.net slash JSB. Um, Websites because those were some awesome animated gifs. With there was, I remember I find this awesome repeating turquoise or dark navy blue background graphic, and I had like the email gif where it was like E, and then the letter was floating around. You know, this 3D graphics, and I had all these awesome things. I wish I still had that. I I know the address. It was uh, nauticom n a u t i c o m dot net slash Tilde JSB. Wow, there's the if you go to if you go to the Wayback Machine and you go to uh uh CS Nation, you can see some of my old stuff. I'm I'm Ask Pennies. I wrote uh some some articles and we had a feature between me and the the, the site creator uh called Counterpoint, which was us sending uh, ostensibly emails. It was, it was a conversation, but we, we, we phrased it like it was emails. And it was actually, it was kind of ahead of its time, I think. Um, I, I, I don't think it was, I mean, obviously it could be written better than it was, but uh, it was cool. I was happy with it at the time. Apparently somebody got the Nauticom username of JSB in 2013 and put up a 404 not found page. But... Uh, 
Other than that, I got nothing to my old website. Huh. Anyway. Definitely fun to go back in the past and look at all those. Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of want to read this. <laughs> What's that? Now I kind of want to read all these articles. Wow, there's all these old stuff. That... I wish I could find my old shit. I know I could find JeffBear.com old blog stuff, but that, I, that's not old enough to be interesting. So, yeah, 2003, JeffBear.com was registered. Today, it's just a, a white page with my GPG key. Um, back in 2003, I'm sure it was fucking awesome. June 22nd, 2003. What do I got? At 8.14 in the morning. Oh, man. I remember that. That was my B2 Evolution <laughs> blog. Okay, so my uh, my blog... Uh, this is when I started getting into social media uh, shaming. Welcome to Dell. How can't I help you? The other day I used Dell's support website to open a couple of support requests. I used the online support request because I have a few low-priority questions. I also thought it would be a good chance to avoid the option grinder. Today I heard back from somebody in server support. Certainly sounds like they have... A few demotivators hanging on their office. Oh, man, I was so witty. So witty. <laughs> that was two years before CPR. So that's probably my oldest archive.org stuff that I can find. 2003, I was tweeting about Johnny Cash winning Grammys. Oh, wow, reading old comments from people. That's crazy. These people are all in their 30s or 40s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. The, the, I, I forgot about this. So I, my, because uh, everyone has like their avatar, right? When they go to a forum. My forum was, avatar was a, uh, from Knight Rider, but it was the evil version of, of, uh, <laughs> What's his name of David Hasselhoff? So he had like a um, a mustache, a little bit of a of a goatee. Here's a blog post. Did you ever- is it actually goatee versus? Okay, so a goatee is just the bottom part. A Van Dyke is the whole thing, but this is a mustache and a goatee. So it's a little thing here. A flavor saver and a mustache. Right. Um, it's kind of a Fu Manchu. Yeah, Fu know. Manchu. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, but but just they go all the way longer, down. right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, oh my goodness! So, Wednesday, November nineteenth, two thousand three. I remember writing this because it was the first time I had a prolonged. Uh, bout of hiccups. I had it for like three or four days. Yeah, I remember that. And I was so sore through the chest and whatnot. So I was looking for information online about hiccups. And one, I found a hiccup fetish fetish site. Uh, let's see. It was... I'll see if I can find this link. 
members that tripod that uh, probably not there anymore <laughs> but uh here's a quote i wrote kit felt her pulse in her ears she was so excited she could hardly stand she leaned against the desk and a hiccup tried to throw her back towards her man she was aware that her palms were wet and her knees were shaking i was looking for some information about hiccups and stumbled across a hiccup fetish site um yeah sure 85 people looked at that Oh, no, wait, no, no, I'm sorry, that was 85 words. Eight people looked at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in the same order of magnitude. You're okay. <laughs> um, wow, blogs. Oh, there was a spider in my, in my TV. So I had one of those analog rear projection TVs, and I got this shadow on the screen. Spider had spun a web up in the proje- in the projector oh, part of it. That's not good. So I had the I took this is a blog post about me taking the TV apart and vacuuming the spider out of this TV. Oh, the second time a uh, beer run two D's revisited. The second time we have been to D's November eleventh twenty o three. This was well before CBR, right? So yeah. Let's see, actually, can I get to the oldest page on this blog? Wow, this is amazing. I'm I'm sorry, I'm just going back and looking at all this. Jeez, all the stuff I used to, I wrote when I was like, I was in my, my late 20s and it was like, I'm smart, I'm so funny. <laughs> So, okay, so March 23rd, 2003, I set up the blog. If it looks like a blog and smells like a blog is my first first post. And then my second post, this was um, Golf War shit. You know, I called it 24-hour ghost recon because this is when they were still showing, like, all the combat operations on CNN. Uh-huh. And, like, you could actually watch people get killed on CNN. That was, like, so, yeah... It didn't take much after that. I mean, they yeah. really sanitized it. But I remember I was watching this thing where there were American soldiers behind this berm. They were kind of shooting at a building where there were snipers. And then this tank came in. This tank started just blasting the building. And I couldn't believe it was on live TV. MySQL 4.0 rocks my world as well. I'm kind of parroting someone else's tweet. Spam filtering with evolution 1.2. I was did a little how-to on how to do spam filtering with evolution, uh, a Unix-based mail program. Red Hat 9, the good, the bad, and the sweet fonts. <laughs> Macrovision Corporation can eat me. <laughs> I am pissed. I was listening to my... I was... Listing, oh, I was listing my Apex AD 600A DVD player on eBay, and MacVision had it removed. Apparently, since Apex messed up and left the loophole menu, which can be used to turn off micro, MacRevision on the DVD player, I can't sell it because it infringes their copyright. So this is... Uh, I, I apparently wrote something on, on 1224... 
the night before Christmas. Half-Life 2 Mailbag. Half-Life Mailbag. Half-Life 2 Electric Boogaloo. Twas the night before Christmas, and all round the net, not a website was updating, not even a wet event. So an HL2 Mailbag was hastily prepared, presenting an opinion it seemed all of you shared. Half-Life 2 was excellent, nearly everyone wrote. And to explain what I mean, I present a brief quote. And I... <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty more gushing from whence that post came, and even more of you soon will be playing the game. So enjoy this new bailback presented by Frozen, and then read the news from Zips Come Plunger and Chosen. Whoa. Is that you? No, that must have been you. What the hell was that? You went ding. Wednesday, April 23rd, 2003. Red Hat, business, business decisions, and me. That's when they spun off R-H-E-L, and I was all conflicted on it. Oh, yeah. Um, April 29, 2003. Movie, phone booth. I saw phone booth at the movies on Saturday, and I thought it was pretty good. My wife didn't enjoy it as much. (laughs) There's more. That's just the synopsis. Uh, April 29, 2003. Modded my Xbox. Yes. Which I still have and still use. I can't believe that thing's 12 years old now. I know. Jesus, impressive. Well, I mean, the the modded Xbox was such a useful machine. It was like, it it can do, it can still do so much. It still plays all the main emulators, all the... All the old arcade games and all the old, like, yeah, like ColecoVision and Atari and all Nintendo and Super Nintendo, all all the shit was just easily playable. With this thing, it's great. It was like, it was the, it was not intended to be that way, but it was still an awesome machine in that sense. May twenty ninth or twenty seventh, two thousand three. The Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> okay, this I, I saw it the day it opened. Really, I don't remember going to the Matrix Reloaded the day it opened. I did. I went with 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 a couple people the day it reloaded, and I remember feeling like, what the fuck did I just watch after it was over? How did you feel? I don't remember it at all. Well, it's not there? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I saw it the day it opened. I liked it. Yes, I liked it. No, I didn't blog about it. Everyone else did. Now that I had time to digest it, I feel the best way to watch the movie is not the dialogue, the acting, the plot, or the action, but rather the symbolism that the Wachowski brothers packed into the movie. I don't understand it all, nor do I attempt to, but the symbolism is what keeps this from being a mediocre movie with a stunning car chase. Okay, so with 11 years of perspective on that, um, I... I kind of, you know, if you look back at The Matrix, there are some interesting ideas. And even in the the second and third ones, it's still a huge amount of padding and bullshit for a few interesting philosophical mm-hmm. ideas. Uh, you, you'll like this next blog okay. post here. June 1st, 2003, when former co-workers turned felon. Is this Doug Troutman? <laughs> I found out this morning that a guy I used to work with at Nauticom was arrested in Las Vegas. Apparently, Doug Troutman, or as we knew him, Pappy, <laughs> one, 
is wanted in Allegheny County for incest and child molestation. Updated. KLAS Channel 8 Las Vegas has just broadcast with Pappy's Mugshot. Tribune Review has a story about this alleged crime. There's 11 comments. Ooh, ooh, comments. I actually got comments on a blog post. Oh, my oh, God. They don't, oh, the way back machine didn't catch it. Oh, Dr. Troutman. Oh, he... He wanted to... He, <laughs> he came on the Damien. <laughs> <laughs> well, Damien was pretty fresh-faced back then. Yeah, Damien... I mean, he's, he's still an attractive still- <laughs> man, right? So, so uh... uh um... You know, somebody who is who is like Doug Troutman, I guess. I don't. Yeah, but he. But no. But he was not. I, he was kind of like he was. He was up for anything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was really just. So this guy, um, he was a strange cat. He he went all in on like whenever we did a. A theme day at work. He was all in. Remember who wore the ba- baseball, baseball uniform? uniform? Oh my yeah, God. like six sizes too small. Yeah, um, he Jeff did this really funny thing. I remember when uh, oh the STDs, the STD thing, because he had all he had all these all these little motivational uh, note cards stuck yeah. on his cube, like you know, it basically motivators. And we started. I was your idea. I mean, no, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly how it got implemented. But the idea was to write STDs on the note cards and stick them <laughs> on his wall. So I remember writing scabies, chlamydia, chlamydia trichomoniasis, <laughs> and kind of just like sneaking them in on his wall. Yeah, that was really funny. That was one of. I mean, your humor was was pretty sharp at. At uh, at Nauticom, you like you placing all your little first of all putting all these big quitter stuff whenever somebody would quit, <laughs> put big quitter on their on their cards, uh-huh. uh, and, and but then you also put your cards throughout all the machines at Nauticom when you left, well, so left people would keep finding them for years. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's brilliant. That's awesome. So you're saying my humor is not as good these days? I you're it, just more it, used to my humor. Maybe. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not as shy. No, I'm not. I'm not as impressed by your humor as <laughs> now as I was. And I've gotten I, used I, to I've it. I peaked. I peaked back in 2003. Well, it's, it, it's it's like you know, it's like Community. <laughs> You're not as impressed by the humor anymore. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I oh, that's funny. That was very funny stuff back then, and it's still funny to me now. But wow, the Doug Trauman. I forgot all about him. Here's a blog post that is going to rock your world. I got new shoes, <laughs> and it's exactly what you think. What 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 uh, is the time frame of this? Uh, June eleventh, two thousand three. Yeah, that's about what you would write in your blog in twenty in twenty o three. That sounds about right. Actually, so here's good information. June fifteenth, two thousand three. About a month ago, I got an itch to brew my own beer. After uh, doing research oh. and getting brewing equipment and ingredients. I was ready to make my first batch. Saturday, that's exactly what I did. And here is the story. So, slightly before June 15, 2003, 
Let's see, does that have the whole post? Hey, so that's right. I must have wrote a blog because no. I wrote something about brewing with you. Well, this was my first batch. This is the brown ale. Remember I had the party? Yeah, I do remember. And you but, came to but, the party. So I, you tasted my first beer. But, I mean, it was much later we brewed that beer in the wintertime. Right, but I remember writing something about that. Oh, okay. And I don't know where I posted that to. It's not important. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I went from, like, just getting into beer 2003, doing the podcast two years later. It's not that crazy. It's, it's a long time, through. Things haven't changed nearly as fast since. <laughs> what do you... What? <laughs> what? You have two kids. I'm old. You've been on three really fucking three old jobs. You're fucking old. So am I. We're all using Macs now. <laughs> the fuck did that happen? <laughs> Here, here's a good one. In July 15, 2003, world's last CompuServe user visits PittsburghLive.com. So, yeah, I got an email from a CompuServe user. Yeah, apparently a few still exist. He's having problems viewing our website. With CompuServe 7.0 browser. I wasn't sh- sure whether the bug report was serious or in jest. Did you know CompuServe has their own browser? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I, I like that. that. That's the kind of thing that's like, wow. Yeah, CompuServe. <laughs> it's like, I got a Prodigy user, too. I mean... <laughs> 2003, a long time ago. I time to write witty. The reason I haven't posted lately is not because I won the Powerball. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> You're in our 20s. What do you expect? 12-year-old, 12-year-ago, Jeff. Yeah. Rock Bottom Brew Pub at the Waterfront, June 28th, 2013. Well, wow, twenty. You were still updating this in twenty thirteen. Oh no, sorry. I'm sorry. Twenty oh three. Okay. <laughs> I went to a Dave Matthew Band's concert in the summer of twenty oh three. Brewed my second batch of beer. Anyway, yeah, I used to blog. That's that's the story. Here. Everyone used to blog. <laughs> now we tweet, and that's a much more efficient way of. Well, because, there, like there was that problem when I wanted to comment on something. Yeah. Uh, it was the Budweiser ad, right? And I didn't have any place to do long form right. commentary, so I did it in Google Doc and shared yeah. it out. Like, what's my easy? What's my lowest friction way of actually doing something long well, there's form? There's Twit longer. You could use that. Is it still around? I imagine. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I could have done a whole blog post on it. I don't know. But I mean, like blogging is, uh, or Twitter has definitely supplanted blogging. Well, I mean, Twitter and Facebook, right? These have supplanted blogging because now they're sort of central repositories for people to share their stuff among their their social circles. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's made much more efficient, and you don't have to have a place where you just you know type out long form, especially since blogging was something where you really had to come up with. Like a paragraph or two in order for it to be worth anything. Mm-hmm. And so it was much harder than just, you know, throwing out a comment or two about something when it happens. Still, the the people who I follow, the people who are I'm interested in when they tweet, are, are people who they only still they still only tweet when they have something to say. Mm-hmm. And 
they compress it even further. So, yeah. This is, uh, yeah, I wish I could find my old, old website, but this blog's pretty fun. You know, I got uh, probably about 100 different blog posts here I can at least see the summary for. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like looking back at the CS stuff, I I was, you know, looking at it like, I mean, the stuff I did in CS Nation, it, it wasn't my best work, but I wasn't horrible. There was some stuff in there that was, you know, I was still finding my voice, but it was, it was not terrible so it's so fun to look at it being like okay this is sort of the evolution of of my opinions and stuff Mm -hmm. i was still a wacky conservative back then i don't know if that made its way in that's i mean that's something we should talk about sometime is how much our political views have changed over 10 years radically and not necessarily in the way that uh common knowledge would suggest no uh if anything, you know the, the the common knowledge says you grow more conservative as you get older. I have, Protect the stuff you got. Yeah, I have grown much more. I mean, like I said, I'm basically a socialist now. I, I don't think basically. I mean, I am a socialist. Uh, I, I think that that's you know a better way to to run society. Do I think socialism is perfect? No, absolutely not. I don't think anything's perfect, but I think that what we have now ain't the way it should work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you asked me ten years ago, I would have been like socialism. No way! I'm a capitalist, hardcore. Just takes just takes a couple of disappointments. <laughs> it turns out to really change your mind about things. Hey, how do you like this webpage for JeffBear.com? I've seen that before. JeffBear.com? Yes. It's a white page. just says JeffBear.com. It's uh, after I took down my last Drupal blog because I was tired of getting hacked. And uh, today, JeffBear.com is slightly more than this. It's uh, a GPG key. It's a link to reveal my email address through CAPTCHA. And that's about it. Because Twitter meets 99.9% of my requirements. I should make sure I still have the PGP private key in case someone ever sends me a uh, encrypted email on this uh, public key here. An interesting. There, there was a site I've I've never received uh, an encrypted email. Like <laughs> I've been using like PGP for like ten years yeah. now, and I've never received an honest to goodness, like non-test, non-diagnostic. Encrypted email. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, well... You're, oh, oh, my God. I just remembered this. <sighs> that reminds me of... So, remember the Silk Road shit that went on mm-hmm. and the, the DPR trial? So, it turns out that not only was that going on, but there was also investigations in, into the agents that were infiltrating Silk Road because apparently at least one of them, if not more, took Bitcoins and, and used them for their own gain. One of them, the guy's name was, this is the name of an agent for the FBI. I think it was the FBI. Carl Mark Force the Fourth. <laughs> Carl... Mark 
Force. The Force. Max Power. That's that's a fucking. <laughs> that's a bad screenplay name for some agent. I'm, the Force. I'm Karl Marx. Force. The Force. That's names been around for 120 years. <laughs> If you have that name, how can you not be an FBI agent, right? You, you, either that or you're a karate champion or something. Karl Mark Force, the fourth. Okay. So what did he use his Bitcoin for? He... Government Bitcoin, right? So well, could, well he, was, he was infiltrating the site, and mm-hmm. he was pretending to be a buyer and stuff, and he was getting Bitcoin... Uh, for doing, you know, I, I, I assume he was doing some deals and, you know, sending things and getting Bitcoin. And he, because he thought that Bitcoin was somehow non-traceable, he thought he could skip Except some for up. he was allocating it from the government coffers. Well, no, I mean, the thing about Bitcoin is it is the very opposite of private. It is... Well, it's tracked to an anonymous ID. If you can keep that ID separate from yourself, it's private. Right, but... But, but the transaction's public. Every single transaction for every single Bitcoin... Right, is that's, public. That's the whole you point need to, you of need Bitcoin. You need to keep your... Is the, a, a basically an, a, a, a huge... The ledger's public. Ledger. The ledger's giant public. Giant ledger of every single but thing it, that happened. It's to a, the transactions are to a bunch of anonymous parties. Right. If you can keep... Your Bitcoin wallet ID anonymous. That's the hard part. But if you can keep it anonymous, yeah. it's anonymous. But if you allow your Bitcoin wallet to be attributed to you, then you're not anonymous. Yeah. And, and every transaction you make is visible. Yeah. So it is anonymous in principle, right? But in practice, there is almost no way to take yourself out of that system. Well, I mean, if you're going to if you're going to uh, convert the currency, somebody yeah. knows yeah. the 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 bridge of anonymous to real person. If you're not ever going to convert the currency, say so. Say you sign up a Bitcoin wallet, uh-huh. and you earn money in Bitcoin some way, right? And then you use that to do an illegal transaction. But you never. Con- what else can you do with Bitcoin? Well, but you never convert it to currency. Right. You find some other way. Maybe you could launder it through. I mean, sure, with enough tracking, you can't launder it. But so you get a you get a large sum of Bitcoin, and then maybe the idea is to launder it some way so you can get currency out of it. You know, without being identified. I mean, that seems like a reasonable plan. No, oh, it it seems reasonable. The the fact that every can offer, single transaction can. is not is is kept as a record and is verified and that's the well, but, but, that's the whole fucking technology I, I, behind. I, I, I understand that, but okay. So you buy, so you set up a front company that sells things in Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and you launder it through a non-Bitcoin agent, right? You know, you so you buy a service that's not really a service that you're buying. That's your front. Which goes through another front, which gets transacted through pesos, which gets transacted through dollars, 
it gets more difficult. And you're just trying sure, to be, yeah. You're just, try, you're just if trying you to, are super, super duper smart and clever about how you do this, then it's possible. Most people aren't. Right. Most people just hear, oh, Bitcoin's anonymous. Go to Mt. Gox. Yeah. Turn money into Bitcoin. Yeah. Turn Bitcoin into the money. I can, it, it's well, anonymous. Guess what? Guess yeah. one person who can bridge the gap, and it's Mt. Gox. <laughs> and guess how reliable Mt. Gox turned out to be? <laughs> Not so much. I mean, it, the point is that, yeah, in principle, all these things have utility. But you have to be incredibly careful about how you do things like to a well, every i mean that's extraordinarily fine degree that's everything you wouldn't believe how many cyber criminals are doxxed by just reusing an email address right. or something right you know it's brian krebs does this all the time he'll he'll do this deep search on stuff and he'll find that you know this criminal use this yahoo id for both his criminal enterprise and for a personal thing and that blows the whole thing out of the water you have to be tremendously disciplined to keep your criminal enterprise separate from your personal enterprise personal life right and it it, it takes a huge amount of effort and work the kind of effort and work that you could just do and get legitimate money for so it, it it, it, that, that might be an interesting point. It, it's like it doesn't really pay to do this kind of. I mean, this is corporate accounting level shit. This is passing through lawyers and all this kind of stuff in order to make sure it gets it gets hidden. This is million dollar stuff for to do it. Now you could do it in principle. Well, I mean, like for example, you know, it's not well known on the show, but you know, a nickname that I've used online for ever since the beginning is Led Zeppelin. You know. I'm not going to use Led Zeppelin to start my criminal enterprise. Yeah. You know, I'm going to I'm going to pick I'm going to go into a random name generator and pick that, and that's where I'm going to start. And I'm not going to the two will never cross. I, I know that you use Beach Boys as your drug selling name, so yeah, when you when you sell cocaine, it's always the Beach Boys name. So the was that? Uh, oh no, you don't. You mentioned Beach Boys, and I was trying to remember. There was a Beach Boys tie into one of the shows I've been watching. I was trying to remember one of the ones you watched, but no, it was The Walking Dead. So, yeah, I just let it go. Everybody's gone. Well, <laughs> no, there's this. There's been Jeff Cocaine. There's this. There's this. These guys are setting up this trap with these zombies in this like canning warehouse, and like they're trying to get people in and whatnot. And there's these traps set, and to reset the trap to get the zombies to go back into the trailers, they have a remote control that plays music. And what they're playing is Love and Mercy from uh, Brian Williams. Okay. And it just it was, it was a quite ironic song, I, I thought. But. Um, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. How long has the how, how long has time elapsed since the zombie outbreak on The Walking Dead? I, uh, you want my gut feel? Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I don't have... Yeah, you don't a, have an actual... Yeah. I don't have an analytical answer. I don't, I'm not such a deep fanboy right. that I know. My gut feel is three to five years. So realistically, uh, a dead body can't maintain its integrity for more than two years or so. I mean, my okay. So I get what you're saying. Uh, my gut feel, my 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 justification is not all of these zombies returned the day of the outbreak. 
you know, they might have been turned just a few months ago. Okay, but you still see um, a ever shrinking. They're, they're pretty tore up. The zombies, the 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 makeup work they've done the zombies lately. They're pretty tore up. But but that should be an interesting angle. Mechanically, mechanically, these zombies are going to fall apart, right? Because right. it's not like the zombies are producing antibiotics to keep bacteria out. Right. That's a neat angle. Speaking of uh, decay and stuff, we were up at my uh, sister-in-law and and, or, and brother-in-law's house. And it's up near Grove City, uh, or Newcastle. And we're driving on 422 right before we get to 79. And there was Beetle Pro... Skull cleaning. Yeah, I saw you. Was that a treat? You mentioned? Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a place up there that uses the domestic beetles, the African domestic beetles, to you know, flushing beetles to clean off bones and stuff. I, I, I they have a Facebook page, so uh-huh. I send a message on Facebook saying, "Hey, what's the cost to you know clean up?" I don't have a skull in mind right now. <laughs> But, yeah, but my neighbors are really pissing me off right now. <laughs> no, but like, you know, I, I actually I know where there's a deer roadkill near here. Uh-huh. I know there's a possum on the road right down the road. You know, I was kind of thinking this would be a cool activity for the kids. to The taxidermy? Sort of, well, That's not really taxidermy. Well, no, it's, it's it just, is a taxidermy place, but yeah. this isn't really taxidermy. This is taking a flesh, rotten, stinky skull, dropping it in a beetle bin, Coming back a few weeks later and finding a nice shiny white skull, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm curious how much it would cost to have these guys clean off a possum or a maybe. So I know where there's a deer. I know where there's a possum near here. I could walk to him, and uh, I don't know. I might chop off the thing's fucking head and take it up to the with what <laughs> with what a machete. <laughs> I got a machete. I'll okay. chop off the fucking head with a machete, throw it in a garbage bag, and take it up to the beetle place and have the skull cleaned. Okay. How, how much do you think that would cost? What's your What's your gut feel? My gut. feel? You're not an expert. I know that. Yeah. But what's your gut feel? Somewhere around a hundred bucks. See, that's a little too much. I was hoping it'd be like thirty. It's a specialized got, service. They that's got the, the thing. but they got a bins full of beetles. They need to feed. I mean, but maybe they can if feed I, with anything, they can feed with anything. So, but they're a specialized service. They're if if there were beetle guys in every corner, yeah, it would yeah. probably cost fifteen yeah, ten bucks. I mean, I get you're right, but it's, yeah, it's like it's educational. It's not because like it's not like it's like this like exotic longhorn stag skull that I want. It's a fucking possum, you know. Uh-huh. So just throw it in your bin, and uh, you know. So we'll see what he says, but that sounds pretty cool. I, you know, maybe if it's cheap enough, it'd be like Fiverr, right? Like five bucks get a skull cleaned. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> they gotta they gotta run a business. So here's the thing. Business up in Newcastle that's beetle cleaning that yeah. no one's ever, no one in Newcastle has ever heard of. Well, the, the people who need their skulls cleaned. Have well, heard of I mean, I've driven past this place like two two dozen times. I've never seen the sign before. I think the sign's kind of new. So it reminds me though we talking about the the Walking Dead thing. Like that would be an, inter- an interesting angle to take. Would be the, the mechanical failure. Well, of, the, the 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 problem is winding down in a certain sense because. 
less and less of these zombies are around that can they can survive. I, I think the way that they're handling that is there's just so many people. You really can't comprehend the people per square mile. Okay. You know, so there's just so many targets to become zombies, and that's why they're ever present. But that would I mean, only think of, think of that your, would only be a case if it was a really just slow outbreak. But that's not what I understand is the situation. There was it was yeah. a huge outbreak, and there were just pockets of yeah, that could be that could be it should have burned out by now. I mean, because human tissue is going to burn, going to fall apart, and the zombies are just going to turn into. Why doesn't bacteria eat zombie brains? Right, because the, the brain gets if the brain gets destroyed. So why isn't why aren't domestic beetles like feasting on zombie yeah. brains? Yeah. Well, I mean, but but it reminds me of as when, part of why this guy's promoting skull cleaning and not bone cleaning because <laughs> you know it's hard to get the brain out of the brain uh, the brain. Uh, yeah. Case. Case. When when True Blood came out, I was. Uh, it was interesting at, at the very first because I, I I heard the premise and I watched like one or two episodes, and it 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 was like there was the concept that drinking the vampire blood made gave people like strength and you know it's healed, like P- PCP yeah yeah and it healed people too yeah. and it yeah. was like there's a great way you could go with it, which is that, okay, vampires have shown they have made themselves, but, but then once people realize the advantages of, of vampire blood, what would happen is you'd get people, they would take these vampires and, and farm them for their blood. And it they, would, that was in the storyline. And, but I mean, like it would, it would, what it would really be is, is the vampires would then be like, forced to go into hiding and they would have to be almost like there it'd be like rebellion like like a like a uh rebel force against people who are exploiting the vampires in farms i mean they were they, be- they kind of they worked that in the storyline it didn't get into huge uh mass market but they did there was definitely a part of the storyline where they had taking control of vampires and were farming them for their blood the vampires are very well financed. I mean, part of the story is, you know, these guys live for several hundred years. You know, the average vampire is a couple hundred years old. Uh-huh. You know, some of the old ones are over a thousand years old. That's a lot of time to accumulate wealth. So the vampires are very wealthy. So they have a lot of resources to combat these things. Once you have a, a cure-all that everyone knows can cure everything... I don't know how much wealth stands in the way. <laughs> sure. I'm just saying yeah. they did play your idea for a season. I, 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 what what season was it? The first season? No, this was yeah. probably the yeah. second to last or something. Okay. But like the idea was to turn it into like like a post-apocalyptic drama but about the vampires fighting for their freedom against a human population that was taking every one of them and turning them into uh, I mean the part would be a cool like flip of the genre it was there but they were never that weak yeah right I mean in True Blood the second to last season what you just said was there 
but the the vampires were never that disadvantaged. There was always too many free mm-hmm. ones, and they had too much wealth. Mm. So, yeah, not how I would have written it. But I mean, I, I'm glad they they approached that. They they considered the concept at mm-hmm. least. So that you know that's good. I mean, it was still a trashy, dumb show. The vampires were. They gave them the old vampires, ones that were over a thousand years old. They gave too many superpowers to. Could fly. They could, you know, do these things. They were flirting with being able to walk in the daylight. You know. There was that one who was like a really old one, but he was good, and he died because he was in the. It like died instantly because he was out in the sun, even though younger vampires don't. I mean, it was like third season. I think I watched. Oh well, yeah, there was the really old one, the one that was Eric's maker. He was probably two thousand years old or something like that. He was basically done. He just wanted to be done. He's tired of being immortal, so he sacrificed himself. Yeah, dumb show. I'm kind of yeah. kind of shrugging. I watched the way through. There's enough boobies in the show to keep it interesting. Yeah, but there's boobies in Game of Thrones too. But Game of Thrones is still a be- way better show. Yeah, sure. So, which is starting up soon. Oh yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones starting up soon. Mad Men is kind. You know, I know you're not a Mad Men guy. Uh, come back this. Well, I tried to start watching Mad Men, but they must be one of the ones that take the shit off Usenet, so I couldn't oh. download. Uh, I mean, I can. I could probably get it free if you want to. There's it's so much it's to a, catch up on. I, it's I don't a know. really slow burn. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you. It's one of those things where I don't know if you'd like it. It's a, it's a slow, methodically paced thing where it's just there's really great episodes, but it's not. It's not super dynamic. It's just really well done. So even though there are episodes, they're like whoa, but it's not. Yeah, it's not Walking Dead pace or anything like that. It's not right. that kind of pace at all. In fact, it's a very very slow pace. Speaking of shows, uh, Justified has two episodes left, and it's very curious where it's standing. It's on this precipice where they're kind of. A, there's been a couple teasers. They haven't made it obvious yet, but you got Raylan. Who's the main character? He's this hotshot U.S. Marshal. That in the first couple episodes, he was known for quick drawing and, and killing people, like shooting people, like just. But it's called justified because the killings were justified because they drew on him first, type thing, right? That's where the whole title of the show came from, and it's been through. I think this is the sixth or maybe seventh season, and it's gotten really. Well. But they started alluding through like. He had a CI that got away, and now the DA is thinking that he might be dirty. And there was one scene where his estranged girlfriend and his child came back to be with him. But it was a very short scene that has no support with it. And it makes you think that he, since the DA thinks he's dirty, there might be a, a twist where he, like, he has to, like where it turns against him and he has to go into hiding and, and abandon his daughter. You know, I don't know. It's, he, he's been like, sure, he's skirted the law, he's killed people, but justified, but he's always been an honest U.S. Marshal. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if he's going to become a, a, a fugitive, you know, in the last two episodes. I'm, be a... It, it almost can't be a happy ending because they introduced his like girlfriend and daughter back in it, but like with no support and like why even have that scene if he's not going to have to make a hard decision to abandon them? 
Interesting. Have you been watching Better Call Saul? Yes. Oh, what a great oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the first season was nothing like I had expected. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be more of a comedy. That's kind of what I had heard. You know, it's got a that was the original sort of like I think idea behind it. But once they once they found a premise, they ran with it, and it's it's great. It's definitely a drama. It's I I, I love it's a drama with with you know just like Breaking Bad had very funny moments to it too. Oh, it has funny moments to it. I, I my favorite parts are you know, I'm so happy that they put Mike. In the season and mm-hmm. develop the Mike character. You get a lot of great backstory from Mike. You get to see where he is turned from like escaping his previous life to being neutral to, to needing more means yeah. and going back into bad. And that last episode where he was, you know, hired for protection and, and oh, that was so good. <laughs> Such good Mike. It was very, it was very, it was very Mike's story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, but also the what's going on with with Jimmy. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you can see the evolution of the character happening. So like, you, you know, the Jim, Jimmy McGill was not a bad guy. Well, he was he was he was a con man. He went to jail, but he and he came back out. And but yeah, I think this last scene where his brother said, "You're not a lawyer." Yeah. I think that's going to turn him into the 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 slime king that he or, yeah. you know the. The opportunistic, yeah, you know. it, it, it's sort of like okay, I'll show you what a fucking scumbag is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, because I mean, he was. I mean, even though he skirted things, it, 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 the Jimmy McGill yeah, yeah, wanted to do right. He wanted to be a good lawyer, and then it turned out that, and then we found out in this last episode that it, it, his own brother was against him the whole time. It's, yeah, that was such good writing because yeah. he had supported his brother so much through his issues with mm-hmm. the the electromagnetic disease or whatever. And his brother was the one sabotaging him all this time. It was so well put together. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. That what's what's what was that uh, thing you sent me about? Uh, was that the uh, oh click hole right? The thing about Better Call Saul oh. and <laughs> the universe. Or... Yeah, the, the, the article was yeah. Uh, sorry, Better Call Saul fans, the Earth is going to be on is going to be destroyed in a hundred thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, click hole, great click hole is awesome. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> I mean, like, I wanted to dissect that a little bit because it's so deep on a couple levels. It was like, yeah, we know you you like seeing, you know, uh, we know you like seeing Bob Odenkirk come back as 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 Saw, and and especially seeing uh, um, J- uh, Jonathan Banks coming back as Mike Gerberchap. Mm-hmm. But it turns out the sun will be too hot in a hundred thousand years for life to be. <laughs> So it's like, <laughs> so it's a juxtaposition yeah. of it seems important, but it's not any important than any yeah. other bullshit that's happened. It, you know, it's like it it, it combines the you know j- just a, a basic um, uh, bullshit article on BuzzFeed that you'd see about mm-hmm. you know, hey, Breaking Bad is back, and it's just you know the very basic facts about the show with. A, a basic fact science thing and then just smash them together and turn it into a clickbait article. <laughs> right. Perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. Don't listen to Clickhole. <laughs> Better Call Saul is fantastic. Well, the Clickhole it was not about 
<laughs> the article was not saying that the Better Call Saul is bad. It was saying that, I mean, as much as you like Better Call Saul, the Earth is going to be uninhabitable under this series. <laughs> Total non sequitur. Which well, really, it is a non sequitur, yeah. right? But but if you try to make it a sequitur, it belittles how much you like Better Call Saul. If anyway, I mean, that's the only reasonable it way to do it. Belittles your very your life, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, okay, I think we should wrap this up. Oh, really? It's only been two hours. <laughs> It's only been an hour and 11 minutes of 14. Oh, really? Or 36 seconds. All right. Cool. The post show. It's been four hours on the uh, on the Zoom that we've recorded. Hey, there's still a viewer. Hope you enjoy. Hey, viewer. Woo! One viewer. The best viewer ever. Uh, the first viewer ever. Do we have a... Uh, oh, we should, we should make a word. Um, uh, Sriracha. Sure. Tweet us Shiracha and you will be a rock star fan. Later, guys. <laughs>